Hello, and welcome to the podcast Sawmill Stories, coming to you from the Clinton Sawmill Museum in Clinton, Iowa. I'm your host, Charlene Bielema, editor of the Clinton Herald, and in this, our fifth episode, August 10th, 2020, the day the derecho came to town, we revisit the events of that day, the storm's destruction in Clinton, and the rebuilding that's followed. Today, I'm joined by Morgan Pinnell, assistant director of the Sawmill Museum, and Greg Obrin, a member of Clinton Trees Forever and the former director of the Clinton Parks and Recreation Department. But before our discussion gets started, here's some background on the storm that struck one year ago, August 10th. On the morning of August 10, 2020, a storm began to form in eastern Nebraska. But this was not your average thunderstorm. It was a derecho, a widespread, long-lived straight-line windstorm associated with a fast-moving group of severe storms. The National Weather Service described it as a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence in this region. What was unique about this event, making it even more extreme, was the long duration of the high winds. Many locations experienced sustained high winds and damaging gusts for 30 to 45 minutes. It all began in the early morning hours when storms initially developed in northern Nebraska and southeast South Dakota and intensified as they moved eastward into Iowa. The storms quickly became severe in western Iowa and produced damaging winds near and around the Des Moines metro area. At that point, storms began to tap into an extremely unstable environment and began producing more widespread wind damage as they tracked through eastern Iowa. The most extreme winds, estimated at 110 to 140 miles an hour, destroyed or damaged numerous outbuildings, barns, grain bins, homes, apartment buildings, trees, and power poles in parts of Benton, Lynn, Jones, Cedar, and Clinton counties. The USDA Risk Management Agency said that 57 counties in Iowa with 14 million acres of insured crops, about 8.2 million acres of corn, and 5.6 million acres of soybeans were in the path of the storm. Several homes, apartment complexes, and businesses in Cedar Rapids sustained damage consistent with 130 to 140 mile an hour winds. Radio transmission towers in Marion and Clinton collapsed due to winds estimated around 130 miles an hour. Wind gusts of up to 80 or 100 miles per hour were common as the line of storms moved through the Quad City area and then through Northwest Illinois. Clinton was left with so many downed trees and power outages that some residents were without electricity for weeks. Hello, and welcome to our fifth podcast of Sawmill Stories, where today we're actually going to be talking about um, a significant anniversary, the one-year anniversary of the derecho that came through Clinton on August 10th of 2020, as if that year wasn't strange enough. We got a new word in our vocabulary, derecho. So with me here today is Greg Obrin, who is a longtime historical buff, who was a founding member of the Clinton Historical Clinton History Club. Club. I do that every time I trip. Yeah. And then he also um, retired Clinton Park and Rec's director, so a great voice when we talk about what happened to our parks here in this community as a result of that. And Morgan Pinnell, who is with us, she is a researcher who also is the assistant director of the Sawmill Museum. And I'm Charlene Bielema, editor of the Clinton Herald. So let's go ahead and pick up and talk about where were we all on that day where that happened do you remember where you were on august 10th i'm gonna throw that out there i was actually inside my house and they said hey the wind's coming and i heard branches fall on my house and actually nothing really we had a little damage to some gutters that i repaired um but we had you know 
three big branches that we had to kind of pull off and cut up and and actually we saved all the wood or most of the wood um, and then put it out you know put all the branches type stuff out on the street for the um, crews to get by and then um, my wife came home and we actually drove around town you know bypassing all the trees on the road uh -huh. you know because she had come from work at the bank and um, she said, "Oh, you got. We got to go see all these trees that are down. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's like you know, you know, a couple of years ago when we had the big flood down, mm -hmm. you know, in Nestle Purina area. And she said, we got to go through that. I just drove through that. So <laughs> <laughs> go check it out. So got to go it. check it out.' <laughs> Morgan, where were you? Do you remember? I was here at the museum. Mm -hmm. uh, I had just gotten into work, and I think Matt had texted me and was like, "Hey, we're supposed to get some like high winds, but it should be nothing, not a big deal." And I was like, "Okay," and then it just started getting worse and worse and i was like hmm this might not this right. might be a little bit worse than he thinks it is and then the power went out and i just kind of hung out until it finished and then i left because the power was still off now you live in fulton yes any trouble getting home not i mean i had to go out of my way a few blocks because there was the big trees around here that were down thankfully the museum didn't really have any Damage. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I think we lost a couple branches on a few trees, and then there was a tree like a block down that fell down. But um, mm -hmm. then when I got home, there was a tree on my roof. Oh. So not too, not any internal damage, thankfully. But um, it was a little, it was weird. It was. Yeah, I can strange. remember you know that morning coming to work, and when you're working in a newspaper all day, you're looking at the wire stories, and so you're saying, oh, you know, there's some storms out west, and so you're like, oh, I better get on the National Weather Service site, and I better zoom in on that. Uh, okay, yeah, there's some storms coming. And it was lunchtime, and so usually my normal thing is to go sit on the dike in my car, put on my, my radio, listen to my Stevie Ray Vaughan, whatever, and then I watch the river. And I was like, oh, it is such a beautiful day, but they were already starting to say that there were bad storms out in the middle of the state. I had my hamburger, looked at the sky, said it looks pretty good out here, maybe they're going to miss us. Went back to work, and I don't know if it was an hour, I usually take a late lunch, and how dark it got so fast. And part of my job is to make sure everyone goes to seek shelter. So I looked out the window and at that time they were doing some renovation on the old, like, um, I want to say Vol the Volkman building. Oh, Volkman building. They were yeah. doing the front yeah. of that yeah. and there was a bunch of materials out on the top of it and the wind came and it just like was like shuffling cards. You could see all of this like lumber just rolling off the top. And I was like, everybody in the basement <laughs> to our press room and, and hide out there. But um, luckily we did not lose power at the paper because of the grid apparently where we're at in yeah. town, where everybody else was out. Luckily, we were able to still get a paper out that day and post on social media and such to people. Um, I live obviously in Illinois, I live in Morrison. We were hit, but not nearly like Clinton and Fulton were, so. It was a beautiful day out. Like, it was. The whole morning yeah. was just yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, like, it was, so when Matt, when Matt texted me, I was like, yeah, what do you mean there's no. storms coming? It looks fine. <laughs> Somebody misread this. Well, it's going to be a great day. And how, how long did you have no power at home? Uh, at home, I think I was out until like Saturday. Yeah, but we, had, we had eight days that we were out. It was on a Tuesday, Monday. Yeah. But, yeah. The, but the museum got power, I think, that Thursday. Because that, that was on like a Monday or something, right? Yeah, there were some people in town but that I, didn't get power for 10 days, 11 days. Yeah, yeah ours wasn't, depending on, on where it wasn't you too bad here at the museum. I think it was only like four, maybe. Again, I was lucky. I got home and um, my husband met me in the driveway. Our service was pulled off of our house, oh. our electrical service. I have a brother-in-law who's an electrician who 
got us up and running <laughs> quite quickly. I had power the next morning. It was on before I got up. I don't know. I was kind of spoiled through this. And John had a generator set up as well. So when I got home, generator set up, refrigerator going. He had candles burning, everything set up because he knew I would still want to, you know, work as much as I could from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was like, oh, people, terrible. People are out of power because we weren't home at work. We weren't out at work. We weren't out at home. But to see how the community came together through all that. There was a guy, I can't remember his name now, um, that was going around and uh, the next um, court over, Melrose Court, got really hit with some big trees that were mm-hmm. down. And he just pulled over his chainsaw and started cutting, yeah. you know, helping people out. There was, a, there was a tree that was on the house that they had to get a crane to get it off. Um, I know that, um, you know, there was probably... Um, you know, what do we want to say, like uh, 150, 200 trees that were ash trees mm-hmm. that were, you know, they did that ash tree, you know, for the um, uh, ash borer. Yeah. And not one of those trees that I saw was got put down because it oh. didn't have any leaves on it. So all the wind went through all the trees. But every, you know, like there was oak trees that we lost and maple trees that we lost and hemlocks that we lost. That was all... Now, I kind of remember hearing that the very large old trees were the ones that seemed to be targeted the the most. Took the hit, yeah. Okay, and they were actually pulled up by the roots, so many of them. Yes, there was, on Pershing, I think there was maybe three or four trees that were actually laying on houses that were pulled up by the roots that were actually in, you know, what you sometimes call the the median or the midway or the Mm -hmm. between the curb and the sidewalk. Oh, the right of way. Like the parkway, the right of way, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And they had actually had pulled up from their roots. And a lot of the a lot of the significantly older trees, the ones that are, you know, 75 to 125 mm-hmm. years old, you know, eventually their inner cores get so soft that they can't hold on to anything. And that's you know, a lot of the trees that were broke off were those bigger trees. And, you know, they would lose all the limbs or, you know, the whole tree would go. I noticed that day after we're driving on the South Bridge, US 30 Bridge, how many of the trees looked like they'd actually just been shaved off. Shaved off, yeah. yeah. There's uh, in in uh, DeWitt Park, um, on mm-hmm. the other side of Park Towers, um, there's a pine tree that's probably 50 years old that is now only about eight foot tall because mm. it, it broke off right at, you know, about uh, halfway up and just broke off the whole top. Looking at it, we were talking before we actually turned the recording on, those trees that came down, some made their way here to the museum? A few of them, yeah. Okay. I think most of them were from Eagle Point. Okay. Eagle Point Park is not far from here. That yeah. took a major hit. It, uh, yeah. I don't. I know I've heard numbers of like uh, over 100 trees, 150 trees up there that were actually knocked down. The park was actually closed, I think it was for over a solid week, because there was a bunch of trees that had... Um, gone across the um, drives mm-hmm. and of course hey shut the gate close the park we have other higher priority things to do before we get into the park to do that yeah um, and there was a couple of big trees that were um, north uh, let's call it where the observation area is mm-hmm. that were oh, in there sure. that, that came across the road that it, it took a crane well not a crane but you know they had the big end loaders you know mm-hmm. to get them out of the road and um, many of them you know, you know, some of them came here, but a lot of them just got pushed into um, the, um, um, what do you want to 
call it the valleys mm -hmm. that are in between all the oh. all the roads mm -hmm. just there's no there's no way to put them all right i know that today my goal too is we're pulling up on this anniversary the herald's putting together a special little section about the anniversary of derecho kind of looking back at the storm itself and then also talking about the efforts to reforest. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Greg? Well, the, um, trees, forever? the trees Forever, Clinton Trees Forever want, went on a um, um, solicitation campaign of reforest to rebuild. And we've got, we got donations. It was close to $5,000. Um, and we bought, uh, I think it was 80 trees with that, that um, people, hey, you know, if you want to get a tree for your yard, whatever, you know, you know, we'll take a donation, but we're gonna, um, you know, uh, order your tree. We've got these trees available, and we put them up. And so that that we did uh, last spring, and we had out of the 80 trees, I think four people didn't show up to mm -hmm. claim the trees, and we had a waiting list a mile long, mm -hmm. so we just gave them to the next people um, that wanted them. And then um, we uh, applied for a grant um, through the Alliant Energy Branching Out program. Mm -hmm. And we've got 42 trees, I think it is, if I remember right, um, to plant um, in the parkway from on Pershing Boulevard from 8th Avenue South to, I think it was like 24th, mm -hmm. maybe Main Avenue, something like that, or go further up. We lost a lot of very substantial um, growth trees on Pershing Boulevard. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you couldn't drive, you know, after, you know, uh, three or four days, you still couldn't drive on Pershing. You had to take alleys to get to your house, you know, and that kind of thing, because there was just so many trees that were down there. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. When you look at um, building permits, I mm -hmm. still see, I see a lot of roof repair being done. Oh, yeah. And siding work, and I, in the back of my brain, kind of say, I wonder if that's all still derecho related. I'll bet, I'll bet it is, because there was, there was a program, I don't remember who it was through, that, um, the city of Clinton got um, shingles. They got a truckload of shingles. Mm. And then if you had shingle damage via the derecho, you could get those shingles for nothing. Okay. Um, and we actually um, saw uh, a bunch of people that had done that um, just this past spring, I mm -hmm. think, is, is where I saw some of the numbers at. And, and also, um, when we were talking about well, going forward, um, one of the things that um, one of the other unfortunate things is the cemeteries actually took hits, mm -hmm. um, big hits, especially Oakland Cemetery, Springdale Cemetery, and to a, a, a lesser but still very significant degree, uh, Clinton Lawn Cemetery. And those are all um, cemeteries that um, are close to parks that are, you know, you know there's the... Um, things with uh, Springdale Cemetery of the receivership through the state of right. Iowa that the city is now right. part of a little bit. There's a uh, Friends of the Clinton uh, Iowa Cemeteries that um, they just got their 501c3 uh, approval so they're going to be you know uh, getting donations to actually do some tree planting but there's also from the Iowa Trees Forever there's a uh, grant that we're going to apply for um, through Trees Forever Clinton um, that can get uh, funds for trees in cemeteries. I mean, it's so we're gonna we're gonna um, hopefully get you know a, a grant put together and put in you know get some more trees in some of those cemeteries. Uh, uh, we've already made some contacts with the leadership of the cemeteries and 
um, kind of going that route. The deadline isn't until November, mm -hmm. um, but we're hoping to maybe even do another reforce to rebuild campaign. Um, uh, one of the neat things that uh, came apart uh, that is kind of a sideline or a tangent to this is um, when the uh, parking lots at um, uh, the stadium and the pool were recently redone, um, they uh, ordered uh, an overabundance of trees. And so some of the overabundance that they didn't need, they, a they actually, the city um, got um, found through the Public Works Department, um, got those trees planted in some of the derecho affected trees on Comanche Liberty Avenue and 19th Avenue Northwest and okay. North. So a lot of those trees that were damaged there have now been replaced with, you know, they're, they're probably 10 gallon, maybe 15 gallon trees, which is basically maybe when you speak in gallons, um, you know, a five gallon or 10 gallon tree is about an inch or inch and a half in diameter, maybe six foot, seven foot tall. If you go to like 15 or 20 gallon trees, it's like maybe two inches or two and a half inches in diameter, and they're maybe eight foot or nine foot tall. So that kind of mm -hmm. you know, gives you an idea. So a lot of those trees are now you know, being put in place. You know, um, so you know, there's, a, there's a lot, there's going to, we're gonna see the effects of derecho for at least another five years. Okay, and so a question I always have too, or I guess I, you read this where they say, the, if, if you didn't plant a tree 20 years ago, the best time again to plant a tree is now. Yes. That now is always the time to plant that tree for the future. Mm -hmm. So I'm a homeowner, let's say, that is in Clinton, and I want to plant a tree. Is there a list? Is there something specific oh, to go to? Yes, actually, um, the Tree Commission, which is a um, subcommittee of the City Council, and, and we're actually uh, 30 years, been a Tree City USA, uh, 28 or 29 years being a tree growth city. So we're one of the very, very, very few of Iowa Trees Forever Committee that has those designations. And they will, um, uh, as part of Trees Forever, be able to you know, get some of those trees replanted. Um, you know, we're always doing, you know, we still do the third grade tree project mm -hmm. that we do with the schools every year. We actually did it with third grade and fourth grade this year. So there, is there, um, so going back to the list, there's certain trees that you would want to plant yes, in your yard? Yes, yeah, there, there is a master tree list okay. that has been approved by city council probably 10 years ago maybe. Okay. And so it'll list, um, uh, let, let's look at it from a point of view where there are some trees that will grow to 40 feet tall. Some trees mm -hmm. will only grow to 30 feet tall. Some trees will go to 20 feet tall. Mm -hmm. Some trees have a wide uh, root system. Some trees have a deep root system. Uh, some trees um, are good for shade. Some trees are good for, um, uh, you know, so word I want to use, um, you know, eco ecological, not ecological, ecological, eco ecological. There you go, there ecological you go. needs. So that they're really they're they're fast growing trees. So they'll stop, um, you know, uh, runoff, mm -hmm. you know, from rain. Some of them are slow growing trees. And that in some trees you want to plant in a parkway between the curb and the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Some trees you want to put in the backyard, 
you know, because it's going to grow. Some trees you want to put on the south side of the house, on the north side of the house, on the east or west, depending on where you want the shade, when you want the shade during the course of the day, all kind of stuff. Right. There's that list. So there's there's a list, A, list B, list C, list D, of all, you know, the possible um, species and types that you want. There's also don't plant list. Okay, that would be yeah. uh, ash, right? Uh, you ash, want ash, well, and now, or Dutch elm. And Dutch elm, but see, some of the varieties now of, of Dutch elm and ash are actually, um, uh, what's the word? Resistant. Uh, resistant mm -hmm. to, you know, those bugs now. So that, okay. you know, I'm, and I've, cool. I'm, not, I'm not like a Randy Pennock or a Margo Hansen where they can say, oh, that's a, you know, burr oak, that's a white mm -hmm. oak, that's a, you know, sugar maple, this is a spring maple. I, I, don't, I don't have that knowledge. Mm -hmm. But I do know that that exists. And there's actually some apps out there that you can take a picture of the leaf, take a picture of cool. the bark, and it will get you close to what particular species of that is. So you could get certain ashes now that are resistant to the ash borer. See, you know? this brings me to a funny point because where you talk about the types of trees, I don't, like you, I don't maybe know the trees, but I name our trees. Oh, sure. I have a tree in my backyard named Bob Ross, and I refer to him all the time because <laughs> yep. he's a happy tree in a happy little world. And I'll tell you that that, you know, when we moved into our house 30 years ago, that was a little tree, and now he's a big tree. And my husband has, you know, meticulously, you know, gotten up there and shaped that tree. And the day of the derecho, he was home. He gets home good time from his job, and he stood in the kitchen, and he said, I thought we were going to lose Bob Ross today because he could see the roots under the ground moving. Yeah. And he said he thought it was going to, which made us nervous because there's a garage there and deck, you know, what are right. you going to lose? But at the end of the storm, Bob Ross was still standing. So, yes. I love that you named him Bob Ross. I do <laughs> name him Bob Ross and I call him that when I go outside. Thanks for the well, shade, and, Bob. And actually, you know, when we um, do the third grade tree project with the kids, we tell them to name their tree. And there are some kids that are now, you know, 37, 38, mm -hmm. 39 years old that planted their tree in their backyard of their parents' house mm -hmm. 30 years ago. We have some pictures of those that Same. we, you know, when we were looking for things to do because we weren't meeting for a year mm -hmm. from Trees Forever, you know, hey, what can we do? And, and Amanda Eberhardt, you know, our secretary treasurer, and um, she's been around for a while too. And she said, well, why don't we see if people can give us pictures of their tree and oh, see what their cool. name was and they named them and all that oh, and that's really? what we did as part of the the tree project and that's we've been doing that for 30 years mm -hmm. and so you know you look at you know those things yeah well i appreciate this discussion today you know coming up on this derecho last week um there was some weather warnings out in illinois that they were saying we could have derecho like winds and i'm like how could i have heard that word twice in the same year <laughs> i hope we never see that again because i know that there's constant rebuilding and there's work going forward so i appreciate everything that trees forever does because i know that's a very big physical and time consuming commitment that they put into that to make our town look better so and what's more of a sawmill story than a tree oh yes exactly, exactly. <laughs> so all right again thank you for joining us today and listening to our podcasts about trees and making our town a better place because of them. Greg Obrin is with me, as well as Morgan Pinnell. And I'm Charlene Bielema, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us in our fifth Sawmill Stories podcast, August 10, 2020, the day the derecho came to town. 
Thanks to Morgan Pinnell, Assistant Director of the Sawmill Museum, and Greg Obrin, a member of Clinton Trees Forever and the former director of the Clinton Parks and Recreation Department. If you would like to give us feedback about today's podcast or have a topic you'd like us to talk about, drop an email to news at clintonherald.com or leave us a message on the Anchor app. I'm Charlene Bielema, editor of the Clinton Herald, and be sure to join us next week as we bring you more Sawmill Stories. Thank you.